The Cannabis 101 podcast is presented by Stone Smiths. Have you seen the slash? Made by users for users. Engineered for flavor. One of the coolest features around. A 12 second auto fire mode that leaves you free to simply enjoy your session. Learn more at www.stonesmiths.ca. What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. My good friend David Wiley from the OZ joining me as usual on This Week in Cannabis News. You can follow them on Twitter at Okanagan Z and check them out online at OkanaganZ.com. David, I greet you and those watching with my view right now as I uh, record this with you. A beautiful winter wonderland uh, in uh, St. Albert, Alberta. So that's what I'm looking at. I'm sure yours is not quite as white and not quite as much, but uh, how are things nonetheless? It's not quite as snowy here, but where's the snowman? I want to see the snowman. <laughs> yeah, we, we did uh, we did get some snow angels done over the weekend, but we have yet to get out and build a snowman. It's not it's still a little bit too fluffy for that snowman. You have to have that perfect snowman consistency or else it doesn't. But snow angel consistency, it is absolutely <laughs> perfect for. So uh, I, I'm the type of person that thinks that, uh, you know what, if it's we know winter is here now. It's here for likely the next five, six months. We might as well try to make the best of it. Not to saying I won't be complaining when it gets down to the minus 35, minus 40, minus 50 a little bit. But for right now, I'm going to try to uh, in- enjoy it as well. And, and I think that's how you have to get through winter in Canada. We're allowed to complain. It's a rite of passage, really. Yes, yes, it is indeed. All right, let's get on to our uh, first story. And this is an interesting story. Uh, You and I have talked a lot about how it's great that we can go buy a joint and smoke it at home and nobody's calling the cops or we can grow our four plants indoors uh, in most places and uh, nobody's calling the cops, etc. But the research that is being done and will be done on the plant, I think, is the biggest boom and going to be the greatest thing about legalization and now we're seeing it around the world and uh particularly in the netherlands with this story it's great to see this research we try and talk about it every week it feels like and i love it in this case dutch researchers uh and a swiss cannabis company are testing um natural alternatives as they call it to solving sleep problems and those natural alternative uh, alternatives, are, of course, are cannabis. And now trouble sleeping really is a, an all too common affliction. Uh, in, in this study, researchers say that it's 30% of people in the Netherlands that are affected. And this new sud- study is expected to glean some insight into the potential benefit of cannabis when it comes to sleep. And, you know, improving the total amount of sleep and sleep quality, it it really reduces a long list of health problems. So it's a cornerstone to good health. Uh, This is going to be a large double blinded, randomized placebo controlled crossover study. I just love that description. It shows how (laughs) thorough they're going to be. Uh, And it's going to include more than 300 people in the Netherlands who are using cannabis 
products made by a Swiss company. And what they're hoping to find out is whether cannabinoids could be a potential solution. Uh, these researchers that are attached to the University of Groningen in the Netherlands say that they believe that the full spectrum CBD and CBN products can have a calming and sedating effect on the central nervous system. Uh, now, someone who sleeps on average of less than six hours per night actually has a 13% higher mortality rate than someone who's sleeping between seven and nine hours. And that's because a lack of sleep uh, creates an increased risk for diabetes, obesity, hypertension, coronary heart, heart disease, stroke, mental disorders uh, that include anxiety and depression. So uh, hopeful that cannabis can be a helpful solution to uh, you know, affording people a good night's sleep. Well, I, I I will just tell you from my own personal experience, and of course this is anecdotal. I I don't have a large research uh, R and D at the uh, Cannabis One Hundred One podcast, but I will tell you <laughs> that my life dramatically improved when I figured out my sleep. That a I had sleep apnea. Uh, I I purchased a CPAP machine. I used it properly. And then I'm getting this eight hours of uh, sleep. Like I used to actually, I would be the opposite. I would sleep 12 hours and it would be terrible sleep and I would be sluggish. I got my sleep figured out and I, I'm not joking. It is the foundation of uh, my mental health. If I have a bad sleep, it's going to likely lead to a bad day. So I can concur with a whole lot of this study. And, and But I di did not realize that a lack of sleep also led to so many other things. So, you know, when people talk about getting your eight hours, they're not. it's not just lip service, right? It actually does uh, improve or, you know, prevent a lot of things with your health. It really does. And I'm in the same boat. I've you know, suffered off and on um, with sleep problems, uh, with insomnia in particular. Uh, when it comes down to it, it's there's not only a health case to be made here, but uh, when it comes to research, I mean, those who are funding it and the nations who are providing the platform um, usually want some kind of an economic case as well. And right here, this actually does afford that. Well, when it comes to proper sleep, that will actually improve a country's GDP. So addressing sleep deprivation with people reduces health and work-related costs dramatically. So we'll see that as well. And not to say that that's, of course, our first concern. Um, my first concern, as well as hopefully most people, is for that of their uh, friends and family and uh, our fellow human beings. When it comes to economic benefit, well, that's just gravy on the mashed potatoes. Yeah, and that's, you know what that is? That's a way to get corporate to buy into it. Be like, oh, wow, yeah. the, the production is going to increase? Well, they're doing it for one reason, but it's going to lead to, uh, you know, healthier people. And, you know, that's why you see some places that are really forward thinking, you know, have nap areas and things like that for their employees because the productivity is uh, is improved in those situations when you are getting either proper sleep or, you know, taking those power naps. I don't know about you, but... Power naps, they really are what they are. They, they, they give me an absolute boost when I can get them in. You know, working from home, I have my own napping area, so yeah. that's perfect. <laughs> that is awesome. So, yeah, exactly. We're uh, we're on the uh, the forward curve with that. Okay, so I talked about, you know, sleep being something that, uh, you know, I could uh, 
I guess, uh, uh, identify with. This next story is certainly something I think you can identify with, is that you know it's not always the easiest thing to do to get medical cannabis. And, and I really like this story from the OZ, uh, especially when you look at you know how legalization came to be. Uh, it owes a lot to the medicinal world, doesn't it? Yeah, it absolutely does. And I've gone through it firsthand, like you alluded to, medical cannabis is a pain to access. Uh, there are people, thankfully, who are making it easier on patients. And I talked to a couple of them, Joel Taylor being one. And he founded a company called Patient Choice. And that basically gives medical cannabis patients the freedom to purchase from a wider range of providers and hopefully creating a more competitive, competitively priced environment on one platform. Right now, one of the challenges is that as a medical cannabis patient, you have to pick your LP. And changing that after choosing them is very difficult. You only have access to one type of product. And once you're on your your LP's website, there's no competition on there. So that's a challenge. Right now, Patient Choice does have a few different partnerships that they're trying to increase. They've got uh, the Green, Green Organic Dutchman, Tantalus, G-Tech, which produces uh, um, cannabis out of companies like Black Market. And uh, basically, Joel... He said that it can, medical cannabis needs to be much more accessible to Canadians. Uh, you know, that hopefully his company can provide a little bit of disruption, a little bit of shakeup, um, so that people see that it doesn't have to be the way that it is. And he says that if it weren't for medical cannabis patients, there would be no recreational market. They really are the trailblazers, and they were a, a voice shouting in the wilderness when recreational cannabis was only a dream. Um, another company that I talked to that's trying to fill the gap when it comes to doctors who are very leery with prescribing cannabis uh, is the CEO and founder of a company called the Reformulary Group. Her name is Helen Stevenson, and she's created something called the Cannabis Standard Index. It goes alongside a model that the company created for pharmaceutical drugs called Drug Finder. And what it does is it tries to bring information about different strains and not just any information, but information that is very um, scientifically verified and that is also looked at by physicians. So the idea here is that if you show doctors and you show patients that there is uh, scientific backing that certain strains, certain types of cannabis products can help conditions then they'll be more willing to buy into that. Um, so hats off to any company that's out there that's trying to make access easier and is trying to help convince doctors that medical cannabis is a thing and it is helping patients. Yeah, and uh, you know, as you point out in this article, it's uh, the 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 doctors. It's not made easy for the doctors to be involved in this. A lot of times, doctors. They're not going to make a decision until they're told they're allowed to or told to. They, a lot of them play it right by the book. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a doctor, so I'm sure there's a lot of reasons, particularly legal. Um, but this hopefully will be changing uh, and hopefully more open-minded doctors will be looking into this. And it, it's quite clear. Uh, you provide some numbers uh, for, for a, from a survey in this article, and it's quite clear that Canadians are saying, listen, we we need more than what you're giving us, and we don't want that 30% charge up front. Yeah, 30%, uh, you know, going into the pockets of different companies that are 
choosing LPs to um, you know supply cannabis. This poll by Research Co. found that the vast majority of medical cannabis patients are feeling like they're taken advantage of. 72% of Canadians, 82% of medical patients agree that physicians who prescribe medical cannabis should give their patients a choice of suppliers and products. And we've seen with all kinds of other industries that when you give people a choice of the product that they're going to um, consume to purchase, really to vote with their dollars, it lowers price and it increases quality in so many different ways. No doubt. All right. So the U.S. election, um, I think, has come and gone, but uh, I don't know. It was just <laughs> such a wild week. And and if this isn't peak 2020, I don't know what is. But during all of this gong show, the fact that medical and legal and recreational cannabis was the biggest winner, you know, was was so overshadowed. Like when in the past 40 years would so much legalization of cannabis kind of be a blip on the radar? Well, because of what's going on, everything around this. But if you got so caught up in, you know, Biden and Harris and, and everything that Trump was going on and you missed the news about cannabis, it was really the big winner in, on election night. It's amazing how progressive the U.S. is in yeah. certain areas. And yeah, like you said, the big winners on election night in the U.S. were, well, cannabis, psychedelics, and overall the decriminalization of all drugs, if you could believe that. So New, New Jersey, let's start there. They're set to become one of the biggest cannabis markets in the U.S. Mm -hmm. after, legalizing, after legalizing recreational weed. And that's with about 65% of New Jersey voters in favor of that constitutional amendment. So that's really going to raise the stakes according to people who are watching these decisions closely in the neighboring states like New York and Pennsylvania. Uh, also, Arizona, Montana, South Dakota all approved recreational cannabis in their own referendums. So that makes it now 15 states that are legalized uh, adult recreational use and in Mississippi, Montana, and South Dakota, they've legalized medical cannabis also. Uh, I'd say that the most historic decision of the night has to go to Oregonians. And they passed what is one of the most significant drug policy changes ever in the United States. Our voters there approved a ballot initiative to decriminalize possession of all drugs. So what that <laughs> will do is it will remove criminal penalties for low-level drug possession offenses. That's a first in the U.S., and rather, there will be a $100 fine levied, or the person could be required to complete a health assessment. Uh, also, on, on election night in Washington, D.C., voters passed Initiative 81, and that decriminalizes a wide range of psychedelic plants, including magic mushrooms. So that measure is going to make the, prose the prosecution of all who use them uh, basically among the police forces force their lowest law enforcement priorities. So some amazing changes happening in the U.S. right now. It really is. And, and and it's really interesting. I don't know if, you know, this is the cause or it's just coincidence, but I have started receiving a lot more correspondence and people reaching out from the United States. Uh, and, and one person in particular was from Pennsylvania. And and I said, hey, just, just wait, uh, because the dominoes are starting to follow. And I think what you were talking about with New Jersey 
you know, now you've got New York knocking on the door and, and a, so many close states that are going to be like, oh my goodness, look at the tax money, that look at the revenue, look at the jobs that is being created. The dominoes are going to start falling in that particular area. And that is a massive, well, you know, you get New York, that's it's huge, man. It's huge if that happens. And and that's what I told this person. I said, just, just be patient because it's going to start happening. Now, It'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, federally when everything gets settled with with Biden Harris and their decriminalization plan and how long after that it leads to legalization. But you can start to seeing everything tipping in the the wheel of cannabis, legal cannabis is really starting to turn, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when you think about decriminalization versus legalization, when you're legalizing, you're creating a form of tax revenue. If you've decriminalized, then really none of that money goes into the to, into the different governmental coffers. And coming in from COVID right now, where really economies are suffering so deeply, when you introduce something like a brand new industry that you could tax, a multi-billion dollar industry, that's going to help lift up economies quite a bit. Uh, as far as prohibition of alcohol way back in the 30s uh, i mean the big change there was the great depression and governments realized that they needed another source of revenue and here we are in a very similar situation right now where you have economies that are really suffering and uh, cannabis is knock knock knocking on the door that's for sure Okay, and and this last story that we have kind of dovetails on that and to to what we've been talking about a lot is that there are a lot of companies in Canada that are just waiting for the laws to change in a lot of places and, 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 you know, the the deals are starting to come out and this is the one we're talking about right now with uh, with Afria and this is a a pretty big deal. It's a cool one. It's interesting to see because it's... (laughs) It's not only a Canadian company that's moving into the U.S., but it's also showing a further trend, which is, uh, you know, the the disruption of drinks, cannabis drinks in particular. Uh, Afria believes that Sweetwater Brewing Company is going to be its entry point to the U.S. and the cornerstone of its longer-term strategy in the States. This is an Ontario-based cannabis company, and they announced this acquisition last week. Now... Cannabis drinks really are already a big disruptor. We've seen a lot of different studies and white papers and reports, you know, different people saying that that these drinks are going to uh, take a chunk of the alcohol market, that they're going to be something that's really an entry point for new cannabis consumers. And AFRI here is really tapping into that. This is going to help them establish infrastructure in the U.S., um, that's as federal legalization is really looming ever closer and it's going to give them access to Sweetwater's portfolio of beer brands and that includes its 420 series that really plays into the the cannabis branding uh, they have offerings like Jack Harrer Harvest Ale and Trainwreck Hazy Double IPA I wish that we could see drinks like that in Canada right now there uh, the legislation does prevent any crossover between alcohol and cannabis so generally companies are uh, a little bit shy of dubbing their drinks ale or ipas uh, but i think that will change as things loosen and this purchase here is worth about 300 million dollars us has already been unanimously approved by afria's board uh the deal is expected to close before the end of december 2020 and it's really going to be a game changer uh, Sweetwater's based in Atlanta, Georgia. They're one of the 
biggest independent craft brewers in the United States. Uh, they have established distribution across 27 states plus Washington, D.C., uh, and their beverages are available in 29,000 off-premises retail locations and more than 10,000 restaurants. That's a, that's a extreme access to a market across the U.S., so this will be interesting to see how it plays out and how uh, it increases Avery's footprint in the U.S. Yeah, the uh, this is really interesting because I, I went on their website and and it seems like all of their drinks do have an alcohol percentage. And as you mentioned, the regulations are that you can't combine an alcoholic beverage with cannabis, which I actually think is smart. Um, I I, w- I hope that we get these types of drinks with non-alcoholic versions that we can combine cannabis into into with our country in in our country. It's as you know from looking at the U.S., it's a wild west down there, and you could pretty much, you know, you could buy, you can get sunglasses and CBD at a mall kiosk as you're walking down to get some new sandals in Vegas. So there's not as much uh, restrictions, uh, obviously, and and I think that will ha- change if uh, if it certainly if it ever goes federally, but. I'd like to see the taste of these drinks infused with cannabis, not the alcohol portion. Where do you stand on that? Yeah, I'm the same. I'm not, I was a little bit confused going on their website, wondering Mm -hmm. whether or not some of these drinks did have uh, both cannabis and alcohol in them. It seems like the ones like the Jack Harrow drink and the train wreck one only had cannabis and they didn't seem to have an ABV on the can that I could see, Um, but their 420 series, which seems to be, basically alcohol but yet appealing and named to the cannabis market um did a little bit so it's like you said it is a little bit wild west when it comes to regulations here in canada we're a bit more stringent and like we talked about last week as the u.s really marches toward federal legalization or some form of legalization across states that canada will have to get more competitive in its regulations to keep up with the u.s yeah, it's it's like you know uh, the the whatever meter race you want to pick has started. Uh, Canada is like you know out by this giant lead, but then all of a sudden, this America is going to fly by us if we're not careful. And and you know that's gonna mm-hmm. that's gonna mean relaxing some of the regulations. And I'm not saying that uh, you you know we're going to start selling cannabis in a max convenience store, but it's going to be have to be some regulation. relaxing of in order for these companies to be able to compete uh, with or or we're going to lose the competitive advantage that we should have had for two years now yeah i you know i I think that one of the big winners when um we see federal legalization in the u.s is actually going to be our friend seth rogan because Mm -hmm. those houseplant drinks when they get into the u.s market i think they're just going to take off Um, He has such a big fan base there and Canopy is so well positioned when it comes to its uh, impending deal with acreage. All right, David, before I leave you, uh, I want to give you one more look at our uh, winter wonderland that we have here. And because we have such a winter wonderland, I'm hoping you can help me out a little bit. Uh, I'd be happy to. I have these uh, special OZ toques right here. Beautiful. It's uh, quite quite popular among our readers and i just want to give your listeners a chance to to get in on one of those Uh, every thursday in november we are giving away a toque to a reader to a listener Uh, all you have to do is email us hello at okanaganz.com let us know what uh, you're enjoying right now what you're smoking what you're drinking 
what kind of chocolate you're eating, whatever <laughs> we'd love to hear. And so it's hello at okanaganz.com and uh, we'll put your name in the hat every Thursday. We're going to draw it uh, live on Instagram and announce the winner Thursday and Friday in the newsletter. All right. Well, maybe the next time we, we chat, oh, there'll be a snowman and some snow angels, and I'll be out there, or somebody will be out there wearing one of those toques because we're, we're obviously going to need it here in Alberta. So awesome stuff. Thanks so much for joining me. I look forward to uh, – I'm going to try to win one of those toques, uh, that's for sure, so I can get out in the winter wonderland uh, with the OZ. Thanks as always, David. Thanks, Dean.